Welcome to the College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. Here are your co-hosts, Doug Maurice and Shahan Jeharaja. And we're back on the College Football Survivor Show. Doug Maurice with a different partner this week. Shahan is out. He'll be back soon. But I'll be joined by Tyler Shoemaker, who is somebody that I've been doing podcasts with on my Ohio State podcast, Buckeye Talk, all season. He is a guy who is really good on college football gambling. He has his own proprietary algorithm where he rates teams. And what Tyler and I are going to do is help you guys get ready for any bowl confidence pools that you're doing. We ran through about 10 or 12, maybe even 15 bowl games that we think you should have the most confidence in which team's going to win. Because you like you do the bowl pools, right, with your friends, with your family. Well, you can also do it with us. We set one up at the ESPN Bowl Mania. You're going to have to sign up for an ESPN account to do it, but it's free. It's called College Football Survivor Show with Doug and Shahan. It is a private group. You go there, you click on that, you join that group, and the password to get in is playoff. All all lowercase. Playoff, because it's a playoff show. You guys get that? So we wanted to do this. We wanted to have our College Football uh, Survivor Show audience have a chance to interact. And guess what? The winner of this pool will get the opportunity, if he or she so chooses, to join Shahan and I on an off-season podcast. You can help pick the topic. You can come on with us. We'll talk about whatever you want to talk about, kind of with that playoff angle, and we'll do that. That's the prize. I know. You'd like cash. Everybody wants cash. Hey, what do you want for Christmas? What do you want for the holidays? Uh, I want to be on a podcast. Nobody asked for that. I get it. You want money. We can't give you money. We're going to give you the opportunity to join us, but also bragging rights. So we'll mention the people who are in the lead. Go in there. Join us. College football, bowl mania, on ESPN.com, you have to sign up with an ESPN account, but then you get in there. The password is playoff. We'd love to have you. And even if you don't want to sign up, even if you're not doing, you guys know what a confidence pool is, right? Where you, you pick all the bowl games, but you apply the most points to the to the game where you think, I'm sure who's going to win this. And then you apply the least points all the way down. I think it's 43 on the ESPN thing, 43 to one, right? In order, um, I'm least confident about this. So that's only one point. And we're not picking against the spread. So it's straight up winners in this thing. But Tyler and I talked this through. Even if you don't want to do that, it's a bowl preview. The first bowl game is Friday night. It's right around the corner. It's bowl season. There's some fun stuff to talk about. Tyler is really good at this if you've never heard him before. So we would invite you to join us here. The Apple Show this week, you guys know, we do four bonus episodes a month for an extra $2.99. So like 75 cents an episode. You get a bonus episode. This week I did... The nine best Heisman candidates in the nine years of the college football playoff. Playing off Caleb Williams, just looking at everybody. It's not, you know, maybe there's guys in there who did not win a Heisman, but should have if the competition hadn't been as strong. I kind of go through even like a top 15 of here's the guys I think were the best Heisman candidates. It's a different way to look at it uh, based on how things went this year. So if you want to sign up and be an Apple Podcast subscriber for that bonus episode, we'd love to have you. We'd love to have you in the bowl pool at ESPN.com. They're bowl mania, college bowl mania, college football survivor show with Doug and Shahan. The password is playoff. And now here's me. Here's Tyler Shoemaker talking about the games that you should have the most confidence in this bowl season. So Tishu, what we're going to do here, we have 41 bowl games and we're going to go through all of them in great depth. I think about 10 minutes per game, 10 times 41 is 410 minutes. And that's just shy of seven hours. If you have time for a seven hour podcast, is that cool? If our listeners want to listen to us for seven hours, let's, let's do it. We'll just, we'll just do a marathon. I'm, I'm down. 
I definitely at some point in my life am going to do a 24-hour podcast just to see if – just if for life experience. And maybe maybe I'll just listen to it myself. We're not going to do that. We're not going to go through all 41 bowl games. But what we are going to do is go through the bowl games that we think you should have the most confidence in picking in a bowl pool, right? In a confidence bowl pool where you put – the highest number of points on the game, you are really sure about the winner, and then the lowest number of points on I have no idea who's going to win this game. We are not going by – we're not saying what you would pick with the spread, Tishu. We're just saying who you think should win the game, but certainly what the spreads are at the moment in these games matter. When I just double-checked this, there were six games that I had where the line was at least 10 points, where one of the teams was favored by 10 points or more. So I think games like that – would potentially matter. I also went through and found, I tried to, to check EPA, which again is expected points added. It's a measure, it's a measure of something, relative strength. It takes the strength of your opponent into account. It's offensive and defensive. There's an overall number. I went through the, the latest EPA numbers and found games where the gap in EPA between the two teams was at least 30 spots. There was a 30 spot difference between teams. There were 17. There were like a third of the games where the gap was that wide. So that might lead us somewhere. But what we really want to lean on is your expertise and your algorithm and your proprietary way of analyzing teams. But before we do that, how are we taking into account the fact that we don't know which teams care Half the great players are all not playing. As we speak right now, a lot of them have already declared that they're opting out. There might be more guys like, for instance, I don't think Bijan Robinson from Texas, the great running back, has officially declared that he is not playing in his bowl game. But there are reports that he is not playing in his bowl game. How do we do this, Tishu? How do you try to factor that in into what is normally when motivation is is equal and Everybody's playing unless they're hurt. How do you try to factor these kind of things into, a, into your, your bowl game equation? Yeah, it, it's really difficult. Bowl, bowl season is becoming more and more difficult to try to project, you know, from from a confidence standpoint, from a, a betting standpoint. It is very difficult trying to keep up with with all the transfers and opt outs and who's declaring for the draft and, and that sort of thing. Um, so during bowl season, I do rely a little more heavily on what the odds makers think. So I have my number that I project with my algorithm, but I also am looking at what the odds makers are doing with the line uh, as these opt-outs and things come in and, and kind of mixing that into my formula to, to try to get kind of a, an average of the two, if you will, just, just to get a sense of, of what the true um, number on the game uh, should be. Okay. So, we're going to give you uh, – we'll try to give you guys maybe like 10 or 12 games that you can really feel like, ah, these are the ones that you should have pretty high up in your conference pool. Is there is there a single game? Because there, for me, is sort of a single game that really jumps out to me when I think of motivation, opt-outs, and then maybe also generally just how those teams played this year. Is there a game that really leaps off the page for you? The game that most jumps off the page to me, both in terms of what I saw with my eyeballs, how teams played down the stretch, and then, of course, using my formula, Florida State over Oklahoma is is my number one confidence pick here, um, both both in terms of what my number on the game is, what the uh, implied probability with the with the money line currently is. And Oklahoma just, just had a bad season that I think they probably want to put behind them and, and start looking ahead to, to 2023 and, and year two of Brent Venables. 
And this is a team in Florida State that you started to like over the back half of the season, right? And again, you've talked a lot about your numbers when you start start leaning on more recent games. Wasn't Florida State a team that was very high in your rankings when your ratings when you did that? Yeah, as a matter of fact, they're they're number one when I when I look at my recent power ratings, which filters out the first four or five weeks of the season to see how teams kind of played down the stretch. They're actually number one by about four points, which is huge. Um, so I mean, Florida State towards the end of the season was playing as well as anyone in the country. So I, I definitely would uh, look to pick them here in a confidence pool. Uh, I will be looking to bet them, and that that's definitely a team that I'm I'm very high on here ending the season. Eric Gray, Oklahoma's leading rusher is a guy who has opted out of this game. That certainly factors into this. And I do think you're you're generally, to me, Tishu, you're you're looking for teams that have a reason to want to play well in the bowl game. And in this Cheez It Bowl, this game is on Thursday, December 29th, Oklahoma, Florida State in the Cheez It Bowl. Florida State is trying to get somewhere. And I think Florida State would view this game as a springboard to not just next year, but at a time when there is some uncertainty around Clemson, I think this they would view this as a springboard into the future. I think they, they would view this as a springboard into we're back. And so, and Oklahoma is hanging on by their fingernails. And I think Brent Venables just kind of wants this season to be over. But I think by your ratings in the second half of the year, this Florida state team was playing like a team that maybe is back, right? I mean, again, you already said that, but like this is this could be a program on the rise. Yeah, absolutely. And to kind of put it in perspective uh, from the numbers, I mean, I've got Oklahoma in that recent power rating, how they finished the season. They're 45th in the country compared to Florida State being at number one. So I've talked uh, before about how I, when I'm projecting a game, I use three different formulas weighing more recent games and, and some and, and different factors the average of those three, which is how I'm looking at bowl season, I'm taking the average of those three formulas. My average projection on this game is Florida State by 16. So I, I think it's it's going to be a two-score game. So I really like Florida State to win. EPA, as I referenced, Florida State 6, Oklahoma 60. So that's a 54-spot difference between those t- two teams. Again, T-Shoes... T-Shoes numbers are the way to go here. This is a seven-and-a-half-point line. This is not one of the six games that is a double-digit spread at this point, but I like this one. This one, I think, jumps out for a variety of reasons, and as you always say, Tishu, your numbers tell you something, and then when there's some, right, when there are intangible things that add to what your numbers are telling you, that sometimes is when you really like a pick. Yep. Absolutely. And and your point about Florida State wanting to, to finish strong here and springboard into to 2023 and potentially contend for the ACC, I think, is is really important to, to keep in mind here, whereas Oklahoma, I think, is just ready to be done with with this season. OK, so I'm getting mine is is similar. I'm, I'm going to give you a game that this is a big line, but I am looking at this from an opt out standpoint, and I'm also looking at it from a motivational standpoint. And that game is. Oregon State, Florida. And this is a game where Anthony Richardson, the incredibly talented Florida quarterback, is not going to play in this game. And Oregon State is a program that believes it is on the rise. They just gave Jonathan Jonathan Smith a new contract. He did probably as good of a job as any coach in college football this year. This is a 10.5-point line in this game. 
EPA, Oregon State's 32. Florida is 61. But I also like you're not getting Florida. Like you're not you're not getting the Florida that beat Utah to open the season. But when I look at it motivationally, Tishu, I'll be curious what your numbers say about Oregon State. But this game, it's the Las Vegas Bowl on Saturday, December 17th. So this is one of the early ones. And again, you put a lot of confidence on it. You can feel good or, hey, I got I got a big one early in the bowl season. How do you view this one as Oregon State uh, a team that your numbers have liked this season? Yeah, definitely. I've I've bet them a ton. I I picked them um on multiple shows to to beat Oregon and and they did and here in this game I my average number average projection here I projected at 4 points. Um but this is one like I said because I like to lean on the odds makers particularly in these type of games where you have key opt-outs because it's it's very hard to to quantify not only the impact of losing that particular player like an Anthony Richardson for Florida, but also how the team is going to um, handle that with, with their leader out. So when I factor in all of those things and come up with my confidence number, this is the 12th ranked game on, on my board as well. Okay. So that's decently high. Not quite as high for me. This Again, this jumped out when I saw Oregon State wants to do something. Florida doesn't have its quarterback, but that's still pretty high for you. So we, we can feel good about that. There's there's another one. I'm going to I'm going to jump ahead of line again because there's another one. And and I like it when the thing that I think matches up with things that you have said before. So this makes me feel good about this. There's a matchup here where there's a team that has been in a little bit of free fall since its peak this season. And it is a team that I think you identified that free fall. And I think we saw it coming and we talked about it. And I think it's it's happened. And that's Syracuse going up against Minnesota. EPA matchup in this game, Minnesota, for I don't know what reason, is ninth in the nation in EPA, and Syracuse is 85th. I'm not going to pretend to understand why Minnesota is ninth. At the moment, this is the Pinstripe Bowl, December 29th. At the moment, there I have not read or seen an indication that Mo Ibrahim, the great running back from Minnesota, the All-American, I have not seen an indication that he will not play. So if he plays, I just think Syracuse had its moment and it was six weeks ago and it's gone. And I think Minnesota might roll here. This is a game where the line is seven and a half. But what do you think about this Minnesota-Syracuse matchup? Yep, I I love it. Uh, also of note, Tanner Morgan was kind of banged up there to end the season, but he's been practicing and everything I've read says um, indicates that he is expected to play in this game as well. Yeah. So this game, Minnesota is the number seven team on my board for, for this, for, for confidence. I, I project this game around 10 uh, and I, I won't be surprised if, if Minnesota uh, absolutely rolls Syracuse here. Okay. So I think there's, 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 Two things happening here. Minnesota, good year, great, great running back. A guy that, that if, if he's going to play, they can send him out with 30 carries and let him let him run for 200 yards. And then another team that had a good year for Syracuse, but it's just kind of not happening for them the last month or so. All right. I, and I love, we're going to get into some, into the weeds. We love to get in the weeds with you, Tishu, where we get into, oh man, there's a team. We're going to, I don't know whether it's one of your confidence picks or not. We're going to talk about Rice on this podcast. But we don't have to talk about it yet. Give me another game that you really like, that you have a lot of confidence in. So my my next game, number two on my board, is Marshall over UConn. Uh, I, I project this game at Marshall minus 13. 
Uh, the odds makers implied probability here is 75% for Marshall. So I, I think they, they finished the season really, really strong. They, I had them, I had their season win total over seven and a half and it, it came down to the very last game, but they, they came through for me after, after a bad loss to Bowling Green early in the season and, and beating Notre Dame. They were, they were kind of all over the place early in the year, but they, they finished really strong. UConn did have a great season for, by by UConn standards, but even so, even looking at how these teams finished, I've still got them roughly 50 spots apart in my recent power ratings. So, I mean, there's just too much of a talent disparity here. Uh, I mean, Marshall starting corner uh, Stephon Gilmore is is an NFL player. He's he's a, st- uh, a stud on the outside for them. So uh, I like I like the thundering herd here to beat UConn. This is one of those huge EPA gap, right? Marshall is uh, 27, and UConn is 67. So that's backing up the way that you view Marshall. Uh, I think this is a, a smart one. I, I figured you you would be on this one. This one makes a lot of sense. Okay, um, there's another one that I, I'm I'm going to dive in because I want I want to hear your take on this. There's a there's a team that you liked that we suggested a bet on on conference championship weekend. Was it conference championship weekend? It was late in the year and it didn't quite happen, but it was a competitive game. And I felt like you had good vibes about this team. And by vibes, I mean numbers. I get it. Good algorithms about these teams. It was Ohio. And Ohio, in its matchup with Wyoming, this bowl matchup by EPA, Ohio is 41. And Wyoming is 111. Now, the line on this game is only minus one. This is December 30th, the Barstool Sports Arizona Bowl. It's only a one-point line, but that is a huge EPA gap, tissue. I just wanted to get your view on Ohio-Wyoming because I thought maybe knowing that Ohio was a team that you had had an eye on previously if you liked this one. Yeah, I do. This is this is the 13th uh, rated confidence game on my board, and I don't really understand why the line's only one because, I mean, I get that Rourke, uh, the, the MAC Offensive Player of the Year for Ohio, the starting quarterback, is out. But he he was also out and kind of in and out of the lineup late in the season. They did not look good against Toledo in the MAC championship. So like that's my only apprehension there. But that's also kind of like how everyone in the public is gonna gonna view this. So I think I think a lot of people are gonna be down on Ohio. But when you look at their body of work, uh, I project this game at nine and a half. So I'm I'm right there with you. I I like uh, Ohio pretty pretty solidly here to to beat Wyoming. And again, you guys can note this. We're doing this from a bowl pool confidence pool or just even if it's not confidence just make it making bull picks straight up but this is a spot where the line is minus one and tissue you're saying you have it at nearly 10 yeah so this could also be if you guys want to dance a little bit in bowl season this could be a bet to keep your eye on because tissue again this that's a nine eight and a half to nine point difference between where you would project this spread and where it is right now, and again, there might be a player absence that would lead into that. But you're saying you don't, you don't think that changes the game that much. And again, the idea that Ohio did not look good its last time out probably affected this line. But fundamentally, it, it you believe that your numbers tell you that Ohio is just that much of a better team. Fundamentally, there might be value in a game like this, right? Yep, certainly. And and the the crazy thing is despite them playing very poorly especially offensively against a bad Toledo defense, the recent formula would project Ohio minus 15 and a half. So even even accounting for their bad MAC championship performance, 
my number still will still like them to win by by double digits here. Okay. So I would note, everybody can circle that Ohio-Wyoming game. Again, it's a little bit under the radar, but this is the kind of stuff uh, that we want to give you when we talk like this. Because, again, we're doing it for a bowl confidence pool, but Tishu also is a gambling guy. All right, Tishu, give us another one that you really like. This game, there are a lot of transfers and opt-outs on both sides, but I'm going to take Oregon here uh, as my as my third overall confidence pick against North Carolina. Uh, I... I projected at 11 and a half. Again, that that's not including the transfers and opt-outs, but in my opinion, they, they kind of balance each other out. Cause you mentioned the, the defense back for Oregon, uh, the star receiver downs for North Carolina is out. So I think the, the transfers and opt-outs are going to kind of come out to a wash. As far as I know, Drake may is playing in this game. Bo Nix is playing in this game. So the, the both quarterbacks are going to be there. Uh, and I think Oregon's just a, a way more talented team. And and Oregon was a team again, not Oregon, excuse me, North Carolina was a team. And again, we're talking about teams that that maybe peaked already and have been on their way down. That certainly would apply to North Carolina here. But fundamentally, there are just some issues with the North Carolina defense and a brief Drake May Heisman campaign sort of like lifted North Carolina up. And again, in a situation where in like week nine or 10, there were only about 10 or 12 teams that still had any chance to make the playoff. And they were still one of them because at that point they were a one loss team that had a path to being a one loss power five conference champ. And that we were in a world where like, well, that that probably gets you in the playoff. So as long as that's still possible for anybody, North Carolina fit that bill. And then I think North Carolina tissue, I don't know if you would say, but like they just kind of came out and in the back couple last games of the regular season, sort of like maybe showed us who they were the whole time along, which was a team with a good quarterback and also some pretty serious flaws. And now that's the team that they're sending into a bowl game off three consecutive losses to Georgia Tech, North Carolina State, and Clemson. So I don't know. These guys feel like they've been leaking a little bit for a month. Yeah, and, and the numbers reflect that. Uh, the, the recent formula that I have would would make Oregon a 16.5-point favorite here. So definitely uh, an indication that – these teams are kind of kind of trending in, in opposite directions here. As you know, if they both play, if Drake May and Bo Nix both play, this is going to be one of the best quarterback matchups of bowl season because there's like a lot of quarterbacks, you know, who aren't playing. So yep. um, keep that in mind. This should be interesting for that reason. So that is one, two, three, four, five, six. I think that's six games that we have given you guys so far for your bowl confidence picks. I think we'll give you another six or so at least, but we'll do that next after this. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. Doug Maurice back with Tyler Shoemaker. Tissue, there are a couple of these other games. That, that, by the way, that line as it stands is the biggest line of bowl season. It's almost a two-touchdown game of Oregon and North Carolina. And I see it 13 and a half at some places. I see it 14 at some places. That's the only game that I saw over 10 and a half. So this is, you know, the odds makers are also reflecting that they think that Oregon North Carolina game is, is a pretty obvious pick there. Um, there's a cup. There's two other games in this area of double digit favorites that I, I want to talk about because it seems like it could make a lot of sense to me. And one is, I believe the game that is going to kick off bowl season. Is that correct? Let me double check that. It's UAB versus Miami of Ohio Friday night. 
in the Bahamas Bowl. It's an 11-point line, 10.5 or 11 points by EPA, and UAB is favored. By EPA, UAB is 29th. Miami of Ohio is 102. Do you see a gigantic gap with your numbers in this game, Tissue? Yeah, it's crazy. We're we're on the same page here. Uh, UAB is the number four game on my board. That would have been my next pick anyway. Uh, I project it right around 10. Uh, and again, the implied probability here from the odds makers is 77%. Uh, win probability for UAB. So, uh, and, and a big note here on this game is uh, Blaine Gabbert, the starting quarterback for Miami of Ohio, is in the transfer portal, and he's he's a very good uh, Mac quarterback. So he will not be playing in this game. So that's even more reason. That's like an opt out backing up what is a numeric disparity between these two teams. So that could be I don't, that could be nice tissue. That's a little risky. Boom! Right off the bat, first game of bowl season. You're putting big confidence on it. Maybe you're dropping your 41 on this game, but it feels like there's there's multiple reasons to lead you there. And I do think, Tissue, sometimes it might be a good idea in, in a situation like this to hit early games hard with what you know so that a bunch of stuff can't change, right? So they can't be like, oh, well, I thought this, and now here we are, this, this game's still 13 days away, and there were three more opt-outs or an injury or something else happened as opposed to, all right, I think we, you know, this game's right around the corner. It's Friday night, and UAB is a, a, a big favorite here. Maybe just take what's right in front of you and get off to a good start in bowl season with this pick in the Bahamas Bowl. You ever been to the Bahamas, by the way, Tishu? I have, yes. A couple, couple of cruises. Couple of cruises. Yeah, it's a nice place to stop. My daughter is going to the Bahamas uh, right before Christmas for a trip to like study ecological stuff. But instead of staying in a uh, luxury hotel, she's staying in a cabin. So she's doing like a, she's doing like an environmental thing. Now that's not what I would do because I, <laughs> if I'm going to go to the Bahamas, I'm not staying in a cabin. But she's young. She can handle it. She can sleep in a wooden bunk bed on the beach and learn about coral or whatever they're going to do. It's a wonderful opportunity. She's going with our local zoo. Um, but she I don't think – let me see. She's leaving on Friday. Maybe they could swing by the Bahamas Bowl. That would be a lovely thing for the little zoo trippers. Go <laughs> study coral second, but maybe go to the Bahamas Bowl first. I'll suggest that to the zoo people, see if they can squeeze that in. I'm sure they would appreciate that. Hey, hey, guys, go to the Bahamas Bowl. It's an 11-point line. UAB is a huge favorite. Why don't you drop a, a, a couple nickels on that, too, while you're there? Make everybody happy. Go go buy yourself a coral necklace or something. Um, okay, so we like the Bahamas Bowl. We're going to jump out early with the Bahamas Bowl pick there. The other one that, that I wanted to ask you about, it, it feels like there's a disparity here, and I, I just feel like this has been a just like a really good team all year, and it's Boise State. And I'm seeing a pretty big gap in EPA between Boise State and North Texas. Boise State's 23rd. North Texas is 68th. It's a 10.5-point line. What do you think of that matchup, Tissue? Yep, love it. That's that's the number nine game on my board. Uh, projected around seven uh, in favor of Boise State. The odds makers have it at about a 76% implied probability. So uh, really like what Boise State put together down the stretch, kind of after they benched Hank Bachmeyer, who's now in the transfer portal. Uh, they they kind of got their offense figured out because their their offense was abysmal early in the season. They they kind of got that turned around and started uh, started scoring some points, and and they they finished the season really well. So I I, I like Boise State here. 
and sometimes right the, the line would lead you here but there's just a couple other other things i think that would that would lead you here as well so i think that boise state it might be obvious but this is confirmation that go ahead and sort of follow the line on that one um all right tissue give us another one that you really like here so this is actually a playoff game i'm gonna take michigan here over tcu uh there's been a lot of sharp money on TCU here. Uh, I, I know we're not doing spread, but I projected at 10 and a half, which I think this line opened around 10 and it's like seven and a half. And I won't be surprised if it gets to seven, but I just, I, I don't agree with the move. I, I'm, I think Michigan may roll here. Uh, I, I definitely like them to win here by, by double digits and, and the implied probability here, 72%. So I, I think Michigan uh, is going to win the, um, the Fiesta Bowl here. So when you think about this game, by your ratings, where is Michigan in your overall ratings and where is TCU in your overall ratings? By, by this, they're, they're the number two and number three teams in the country. Where do you have them? So I've got Michigan number three and I've got TCU number nine. And then looking at the recent number, I've got Michigan three and TCU seven. So, I mean, they're, they're both in the top 10, kind of no matter how you slice it, but that's that's the the key difference here between rating and ranking. Their ranking is very close. Their rating is not, uh, and that's you know I kind of define that as the nuance in between the rankings and and the nuance here is that that Michigan's been a much better team um, all year long. And, and you and you made your numbers. You told your numbers what to do, right? I mean, like it's math, but you set up the math and your numbers. You've been on this. Your numbers have liked Michigan. All year, right? I think you were stronger on Michigan. I think as some people were maybe still doubting Michigan or were not catching up to Michigan yet, or wondering about JJ McCarthy, various things, and your numbers really like them. Do you, without giving your formula away, how would you describe why it is that that your numbers liked Michigan so much all year? And again, like, and we're right. They're they're one of the two teams that got through undefeated. Yeah. My numbers have have been very high on Michigan, much higher than odds makers here for for quite a while here this season, and it's paid off because Michigan's continued to cover spreads. I, as for the reason, I, I think it probably has to do with how much one, how much odds makers downgraded Michigan after what they lost last year, especially on the defensive side of the ball, and then the fact that I eliminate prior data much earlier in the season than odds makers do, so they were still. They downgraded them a lot after last season, and then they held on to that downgraded number for longer than they should have, whereas my numbers adjusted more quickly. So that makes sense. Your, your numbers lived a little bit more in the here and now, where maybe a lot of people were saying, like, I don't know, man, Aiden Hutchinson, he was pretty good. And it turns out that, you know, as Jim Harbaugh said in the offseason, they had a defense that didn't have as many stars, but he thought could still play at a very high level. We saw what their run game, their offensive line is – I mean, when you can do what you do, Blake Corum, again, I think if Blake Corum was healthy for the Ohio State game and healthy for the Big Ten championship game, I think he would have won the Heisman. And that is an unfortunate reality for him. And I don't know that this is fair. It's probably unfair. I mean, it's probably on the surface unfair. But Donovan Edwards played so well and was so productive in Blake Corum's absence, I think it almost hurt Blake Corum's Heisman case of like, well, you're really good, but man – it's this offensive line. It's this scheme. It's the way Michigan goes about its business that not that anybody could step into that running back spot and succeed because Donovan Edwards, by the way, is a supremely talented individual who was a borderline five-star recruit. But if he just would have gone out and done that, if he had been breaking off 80-yard runs 
to put away the Ohio State game instead of his backup doing that. And then he would have gone indoors on a fast track against Purdue and tried to do that. I, I think he would have been there, man. I think he would have been there. And it, but it's it it's he's a great player. He's a great running back. And they're going to try to win a national championship without him. But there's also something about this Michigan team that was real and was not about just one player. And I think your numbers just had a view on that. I do. It's the the numbers that you have revealed over the over the season, Tishu especially when you start leaning on the more recent games, right? And you just start dropping out some of the early stuff. I think it really gives you a picture of the true, really good teams, which was where it led you to Florida State and it's led you to Michigan the whole way through. Yeah, I mean, I've got Michigan as the the number three offense in the country and the number two defense in the country. I mean, they're just a very balanced team. Uh, and I, like I said, my numbers just have not been nearly uh, as high on, on TCU. I know, I know they went undefeated. There were quite a few just games in there that yes, they won, but the, the numbers just were not that impressive. I mean, I've got TCU as the 17th ranked offense and the 41st ranked defense. So I mean, just, just not in the same ballpark as, as where Michigan's at as a team. Okay. So that's a very interesting pick. The idea of, wow, what do you have the most confidence in? One of the semifinals that's supposed to be between the number two and number three teams in the country. I am very sure about that as opposed to some other. But I do think, I mean, the numbers, the numbers tell you what the numbers are going to tell you. Can I ask you about a game that I just, I have to, I can't help myself. I have to ask. Let's do it. I have to ask about it. So listen, I think people know, right? I'm not trying. It's in the past. It's fine. It was what it was. But I will say this week, I guess I saw it. I didn't hear it, but I saw it in a graphic on Twitter that Cade McNamara, who will be Iowa's quarterback next season, had a quote about, please keep keep downgrading our offense. Please keep doing it. I love it. Like, I, tell us how terrible we're going to be. And someone um, pointed that out and sent it to me on Twitter and said, it sounds like he's talking to Doug Maurice with this quote, because as people may have known, I asked Kirk Ferentz some very pointed questions about his son and offensive coordinator, Brian Ferentz, earlier this year. And then Iowa went on a little winning streak, not while being a productive offense, but they just managed to win despite its offense before blowing a chance at the Big Ten championship game by losing to Nebraska. And so I said, well, I, maybe Cade McNamara is talking to me, or maybe he's just He's just talking at the stats because they were whatever they were, 120th in points per game in EPA, everything offensively. They're 126, they're 123rd, they're 127th. Like by every numerical measure of offense, Iowa had a bat. Can I ask you real quick? How did what was your rate rating, your ranking and rating of Iowa's offense this year? I'm not trying to be a jerk. I'm just I'm just <laughs> curious. I'm just curious. Well, you're going to have to give me a second. I have to scroll way down here to find them. (laughs) It's easier if I just start from the bottom and work my way up to find Iowa. They are 90th in offense for me. Oh, oh, they'll take it. Oh, well, now I feel bad. They're 90th. That's like a that's like 40 teams worse than them. Oh, I apologize, Iowa. I was wrong. You're 90th. So here's my question. Spencer Petrus is hurt. He was their quarterback originally. Alex Padilla is transferring. He was the quarterback who came in because Cade McNamara, who led Michigan to the playoff last year and then lost his job to J.J. McCarthy, he is transferring to Iowa. So they don't have a quarterback. And they are playing Kentucky, where Will Levis, the Kentucky quarterback, has opted out. And Chris Rodriguez, the leading rusher for Kentucky, has opted out. I 
don't think anybody's going to pick this game with any confidence. By EPA, Kentucky is 53rd and Iowa is 88th. That's a pretty big gap. But I think maybe Kentucky without its quarterback and without its leading rusher, I could see Iowa winning this game 3-0. And I don't even think I'm joking. Iowa legitimately has a very, very good defense. And I just don't know how anybody on either side is going to score points in this game. I just had to ask you what your view of Iowa-Kentucky is. Yeah, I I saw that Cade McNamara graphic, and I I almost sent it to you as well. (laughs) I I project this Iowa minus two. Uh, And and again, that's not not even accounting for – uh, the opt-outs here with with Levis and Rodriguez. So, you know, I would put even more confidence behind Iowa there. But even so, they're still really low on my board. I mean, I, this is not this is not one that I'm like running to go pick or bet or anything like that. I, I'm with you. I, I think, you know, I, I projected it as, as a two-point game. I think, could this be like eight to six or nine to seven or something? Like I, I that is within the realm of possibility, I think. Okay, what's another one then that you really like, Tishu? I think we're about nine or ten games in right now. Yep, I like Memphis against Utah State. I knew it. I should ask you about that because Memphis has been a team, again, that you have been on this year to some degree, right? Yep, I, I project them as a 10-point favorite here, uh, and they've, they've got a 71% implied probability. That's a team, again, they've, they're kind of under the radar, but they've, they've been solid uh, and then down the stretch here, I mean, looking at the recent numbers, I still would project it at, at nine. So they just, to me, their their body of work and their recent play both have been better than anything Utah State's done this year. December 27th, the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Again, that line I'm looking at is seven and a half. So the, the EPA difference here, this is another one with a big uh, EPA gap because Memphis is, you know, again, as a team, a lot, 46th. In EPA for Memphis, 104th for Utah State. So that's a pretty big gap. So I I, I should ask about that because I figured that, that you would be on Memphis there. Let me ask you about a game where there's, there's a discrepancy here. And again, I'm always in, intrigued by when you get inside the numbers a little bit and the numbers are, are, are going against what the spread is telling you. Going by EPA again, it's this expected points added. It's just a measure of you know, kind of takes everything into account. The Air Force-Baylor bowl game, Baylor is favored by five and a half, but in EPA, and again, I don't know exactly why, Air Force is 12th and Baylor is 51st. So this would be a little odd to me of to have supreme confidence in what by the spread is a five and a half point underdog, but I'm curious how you view this Baylor-Air Force matchup. Yeah, th- this is not one, you know, because we're just talking straight up winners here. This is not one that is high on my board at all. In fact, it's the third lowest. And I know we're not doing best bets here, but I can just tell our audience that I 100% am going to be betting Air Force in this game, plus the points. Um, for for a lot of what you just said, I project them. I mean, two of my three formulas have them winning outright, and the other one literally is like right at zero. So it's a, a toss up. Um, but but the recent number, I would make Air Force a five point favorite, and then the average of those uh, Air Force minus two and a half. So I think Air Force can and probably will win this game, but not a super high confidence in that. But but do I think they can keep it within a touchdown? Yes. 
Okay, so again, you're forgetting about five and a half or six. This could be a money line opportunity to go ahead and, and bet bet Air Force straight up. But again, it's a little hard, you know, in a confidence pool to go super hard on an underdog by that many points, which is why it's not as high on your board. But again, if you if you want to bet, maybe have that Air Force. It's the Lockheed uh, Lockheed Martin Armed Forces Bowl on December 22nd. Maybe just keep that Baylor Air Force matchup in the back of your minds a little bit. All right, T-Shu, you got one more for us at least? I'm going to go with LSU against Purdue. I don't love them laying the points, but in terms of straight up, I just I don't know what the path to victory for Purdue is here. Uh, I, I make it LSU minus 7.5. Their implied win probability is 77 by the odds makers. I know... Uh, the quarterback Daniels for LSU, you know, was kind of banged up in the SEC championship. Not sure what his status is. So obviously that that would affect things. But I haven't seen anything that says he's not playing. Uh, so correct me if I'm if I'm wrong there. But I, I have not seen that he's not playing. So uh, I'm going to go with LSU here against Purdue. So I am. This is the sixth game when I just ran through it. We've done the other five. This is the sixth game where the spread is double digits. And the thing that I am curious about that makes me a little nervous about this is that I think Purdue seems excited about the hire of new head coach Ryan Walters that happened on Tuesday, replacing Jeff Brom. And from everything I've read or seen so far, it feels like Aiden O'Connell, the the really good Purdue quarterback, is going to play in this game. And certainly they will miss Jeff Brom. And I think Jeff Brom served Purdue well, got them to the Big Ten championship game this year. Really nice year for Purdue. But Ryan Walters, I don't know that it was off the board entirely, but that is a that is a that is a really intriguing hire. That is a young up-and-coming defensive coordinator who had been a very big part of Illinois' success since Brett Bielema got there. And for Purdue to go ahead and just go ahead and pull the trigger on that. It's it's one of those guys, these young defensive guys, I think it he's 36 years old. And I think this this to me was the case with Marcus Freeman at Notre Dame. Back in the day it was the case with Pat Fitzgerald at Northwestern. I think it was in some ways the case with Luke Fickle at Cincinnati. Sometimes these these youngish defensive guys who have some of that youthful energy, but also that hard-nosed defensive attitude. Man, they can rally the troops. Now, listen, Marcus Freeman took over for Brian Kelly in bowl season last year for Notre Dame, and right, they had a big lead, and then they blew it. So, I mean, okay, it doesn't mean you're going to win your bowl game. But by the numbers, I'm trying to think about motivation in this game. LSU is in a situation where going into the last week of the regular season, it's like, listen, LSU has a chance to make the playoff because all they have to do is go beat Georgia in the SEC title game, which is like, well, what do you mean all you have to do? It's like, well, at least you have a shot. And then they lost to Texas A&M. And the last game of the regular season is like, well, nope, there goes that. Now they're just going to go play for pride against Georgia. And then they get a punt. Like they're kind of hanging around a little bit. And then they get special teams play and give up a touchdown because they're not kind of paying attention. So I'm trying to think who's going to be more excited to be in this game. Purdue with its new, youthful, energized, up-and-coming head coach or LSU, which is like, eh, we're playing Purdue. We just went through the SEC. Brian Kelly came here and danced around like we had a weird start. Then everybody got hepped up. They beat some good team. They beat Alabama, right? They beat Alabama. What's your reward for beating Alabama? Go play Purdue. I don't know if the people in Baton Rouge are all fired up for that. And Purdue, I do think, is better than 
maybe the average LSU Tiger would realize. I don't know that – I don't know, Tishu, if you would have a handle on this. Do you know how much they follow Big Ten West football in Baton Rouge? I, I would imagine zero. <laughs> yeah. So it's like I don't think people will walk around being like, I'll tell you what, P.J. Fleck and Jeff Brom and Brett Bielema, boy, those boys in the Big Ten West get after. It's like, no, they ignore them. And then they're telling the LSU guys, like, hey, guys, uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's Purdue. So I like the, like the numbers on this make sense to me. I don't like the vibe on this because I will just tell you, and maybe my I think my mind would have been different yesterday, but it felt like Purdue got very excited. About, like it's just a smart hire. It's an invigorating hire. You lose Jeff Brom. Oh, no, he, Jeff Brom went home. And this is exactly – and I think it's sizzle and substance, right? This isn't a guy coming in, you know – doing dance moves he's just like a really smart young coordinator getting a shot not early but maybe a little bit ahead of what people expected it just makes me nervous i'm not saying it's a bad pick by ut shoe but i'm saying as i would go down to pick my confidence pool the vibes around this would make me a little nervous am i a crazy person no i mean i i understand where you're coming from and i don't disagree with with anything you just said i just think like at the end of the day to be honest, if if Coach O was still coaching LSU, I I would ignore the numbers and and go with go with what you just said. But Brian Kelly has been the type of coach that wins the games for the most part that he's supposed to win. You know, he hasn't. I mean, I I get that they lost to Texas A and M, but there's still a lot of talent on Texas A and M. Brian Kelly just historically has has won the games that he's supposed to win. Now he never beat any of the great teams that he played, but they beat. They beat teams that they're supposed to. So I I don't think LSU is going to come in entirely flat. Although this would be, I mean, from a betting perspective, you're getting double double digits with Purdue. This you know this might be a betting opportunity on Purdue plus the points. But in terms of Purdue winning, I I would just be be surprised. Even though everything you just said is valid, and they they definitely are going to have more juice coming in the, into this game. They're going to be way more excited than to play LSU than LSU is to play them. But I mean, you still got to go out there and do it. And there's still a whole lot more four and five stars on the other side than there, than there are on Purdue. All right. Let me ask you, I want to ask you about two specific teams and there's one more matchup that intrigues me and I want to get your read on, but the two teams that you have over the course of this season um, been very interested in, and I think had success with it at, at various times in various ways. One is Duke. And Duke is a team I think you won multiple times this year. They're in the military bowl against Central Florida. Duke is minus one and a half on December 28th. EPA, this is a pretty good matchup. I think they're both like roughly in the 30s or so. I I didn't you've you've been I think you got on Duke early. Duke is 31 in EPA. UCF is 43. I was just wondering if you were gonna if you thought this was another good spot for Duke, but I, I think maybe also Central Florida is a team that you liked at times this year. Yeah, I mean, I think I think as far as the line goes, I think the line is probably on. I my numbers would have it like minus two and a half for you for UCF as a favorite, but then you got to factor in John Rice Plumley has been banged up, and the guy that's been playing for him, uh, Mikey Keene, is in the transfer portal. So I don't know what the UCF quarterback situation is going to be. My my recent formula would have Duke minus two. So I think that's probably more the true line. So I, I don't I don't have a strong a strong play here either way, both in terms of straight up winner or 
uh, in terms of a betting pick just because the numbers are kind of conflicted. And then the, the quarterback situation for, U, uh, for UCF is a little murky. I will say in terms of you know the motivation and excitement to be in this game, I think Duke probably is going to come in a lot more juiced up than UCF. So everything else being equal, I think I would probably lean Duke both straight up and against the spread here. All right, and I got to ask you about Rice. Rice became a, a fan favorite uh, earlier in this season, as you and I were, were talking about betting. Rice is in the Lending Tree Bowl on Saturday. Rice is a six-and-a-half-point underdog to Southern Miss. I felt like you were on Rice early and then got off Rice at the end. It's all about matchups. It's not about what makes you feel good inside. It's about what the numbers are telling you. I'm just, I had to ask about Rice, though. Where are you with this Rice game? Well, for starters, let me just tease this and say that I'm wait, I'm still waiting on your Christmas present to come in, and I'm going to be sending that immediately, and you're going to absolutely love it. So, <laughs> so excited. So as for this game, though, I actually would would pretty strongly lean Southern Miss. They're, this is the 11th ranked game on my board. Rice, you know, we were on them early against the spread. Uh, the market kind of caught up, and then their performance kind of dipped uh, pretty substantially. So, I mean, I project this game Southern Miss minus six. My numbers, all three formulas are, are pretty much in like us five to eight point range here for Southern Miss uh, implied probability 68%. So I, I think Southern Miss is going to win here. I, I don't know how much rice has left in the tank. They've been, they've been kind of bad here uh, down the stretch of the season. Okay. Sorry, rice. We still love you. <laughs> we do still love you. Just, just a little bit, kind of a weird situation on both. And it's, it's, a, it's a game where neither of the team's main starting quarterback from this season is going to be playing in this game. Cause both are in the portal. And it's Wisconsin versus Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders is out for Oklahoma State. Graham Mertz is out for Wisconsin. Luke Fickle is the new head coach at Wisconsin. There's a lot of moving parts here. The EPA, again, Wisconsin was just a weird team. Like, I thought they were going to be really good this year. They weren't. They fired their coach. They had some competitive games then with Jim Leonard where they looked okay, and then they still lost some games you maybe they shouldn't have lost. Their EPA is 40th. Oklahoma State's is 96th for an Oklahoma State team that like in the middle of the year was like, are they going to win the Big 12? And it was like, nope, they are not going to win the Big 12. <laughs> I'm intrigued by the gap in EPA between those two teams. Wisconsin is a three-point favorite in this game. And again, I'm such a betting guy now. It's like, I don't even know what the name Back in the day, it's like, oh, bowl games. I love bowl games. Now it's just matchups. I don't care. The guaranteed rate bowl on December 27th. I just wanted to get your read on Wisconsin-Oklahoma State. Yeah, I mean, I think both quarterbacks being in the portal comes out more net positive for Wisconsin just because of the style that these two teams want to play. And Oklahoma State without Spencer Sanders in the lineup this year has not been very good, whereas I think Wisconsin can stand to to take that blow of Graham Mertz being out because, I mean, he, his performance has not been anything special, uh, we'll, we'll say. Um, they're obviously going to lean more on the run game play good defense. I I would I would pretty strongly lean both straight up and and against the spread here with with Wisconsin uh in this matchup. Okay. Are there is there are there any other games Tishu that that we did not talk about that you want to discuss because it's interesting because you have a real good vibe on it? Anything that maybe the the public consensus would be one way that you would advise people against? I just want to make sure we don't leave anything hanging out there that you wanted to talk about. Two games that I'm just intrigued to watch just as a fan. I I'm probably not going to have any type of action on them, but, but the Clemson Tennessee matchup and 
Kansas State, Alabama. I'm, I'm very curious to see to see those two games and see who plays in those games and just kind of how how those games, like you said earlier, springboard a team or you know put a dark cloud over a team uh, heading into the offseason. So th- those are the two games I'm probably most interested in, uh, at, you know, outside of the playoff. But I, I don't really have a strong feel either way uh, until we know who else playing in those games. Yeah, I mean, again, Kansas State is a team that you have liked much of the year. That line at the moment with Alabama and the Sugar Bowl, I think is only three and a half, which you sort of look at and you're like, what? I don't think we know for sure who's going to play for Alabama in that game. Alabama has two guys who are in there who are getting ready for the NFL draft, who both might be picked in the top five. So if Bryce Young and or Will Anderson decide not to play in this game, which would be a very reasonable choice, but is not anything that we know for sure at this point, this is a moment for Kansas State, right? And we've seen this at times, right? There was a Utah beat Alabama, I think, in a Sugar Bowl one time that was sort of like a motivational matchup. Didn't, did Cincinnati beat Alabama in a bowl game that was like a motivational thing of like, it's just when you're Bama, you're expecting to play for a national title. And if you're not, it doesn't mean you're not going to try, but it's just a different animal. And Kansas State, man, they would hang that skin in the can. <laughs> beat Bama. I don't know. Like, I guess teams put up, you put up bull things and little <laughs> logos. It would just be a sign. Beat Bama. So I think we, we don't know who the people are, but motivationally, again, at first blush, you think three and a half. It's only Bama minus three and a half. But man, motivationally, K-State may come out like on fire for this game tissue, which is why you're interested to watch it. Yep. Yep. And, and just one, one kind of number nugget on this. My recent formula makes this line only Alabama minus two, and that's factoring in, you know, Alabama at full strength. So just, just keep that in mind, you know, as we continue to get to get news on opt outs and, and that sort of thing, if you are looking, you know, you're going to be watching it. If you are looking to make a bet, you know, maybe, maybe keep that in mind. That's interesting. Cause you could then you're saying you could almost reasonably make a football bet on Kansas state with the points right now. And then if some of Bama's best players don't play now, you've gotten the number now, which is based at least a little bit on the idea that they still might play. Now, maybe the bookmakers are already taking that into account, but there's a football reason that would be, I think a lot of people would be surprised. Like what? Like just football, football, even strength. You're saying it's a two point game based off your recent numbers. Those are interesting numbers. That's our bowl, pool, helper. We're helpers. Like Mr. Rogers always says, look for the helpers. We're trying to help you win your bowl confidence pool. We appreciate you guys listening. Tishu is awesome at what he does. And just one more time, Tyler, give the good people where they can follow you for all kinds of betting advice about college football, which you put out on Twitter constantly. Yeah, follow me on Twitter at BuckeyeTie23. For especially during bowl season, you know, any any nuggets, any any bets that I'm making, which will be much closer to, to game time. So, you know, following me, turn on turn on my tweet notifications, you know, when we're on on game day so you can get get all of my bets on there and all, all the information that I'm, I'm putting out. As always, we appreciate it. Tissue, we will be back to wrap everything up right after this. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line. And that will do it for this episode of the College Football Survivor Show. You can follow us on Twitter, CFB Survivor Show. You can get subscribed so you make sure you don't miss any College Football Survivor episodes. Next week, we'll be back. We're going to break down both semifinals. We're going to dive in with experts, talk about both those games. And then the week after, uh, when I actually will be on site 
at the Peach Bowl with Ohio State and Georgia. Shahan and I will be back then. We'll be giving our picks for the games, breaking all that down. And I think we're going to do a draft of the best players in the playoff. So a lot ahead. We appreciate you guys joining us all season. Again, if you want to join us on ESPN.com, their bowl challenge. It's the College Football Survivor Show with Doug and Shahan. The password is playoff. We hope to see you there. For now, for Tyler Shoemaker, I'm Doug Maurice, and that was the College Football Survivor Show. The College Football Survivor Show, where playoff survival is always on the line.